This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Equity Minds! I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you can Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we help you learn to invest in 45 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm good, Bryce. Very excited for this episode. You're excited for every episode. Oh, mate, it's an exciting time (laughs) to be uh, in finance podcasts. Absolutely. So, we continue with our expert investor series As always, what's hot, what's not? We kicked it off sort of late last year and by popular demand, well, as we promised, really, we have got Matt Leibowitz from Stake back on to join us. Longtime friend of the show. Thanks for joining us, Matt. No, cheers, guys, and happy new year. Yeah, likewise. So the idea behind what's hot, what's not is to get a bit of a check-in on what's happening in the US. You've got some awesome data through Stake. You can let us know what is, I guess, attractive to buyers at the moment in Australia. What are we selling? You know, last time we came across a few interesting companies. I think there was a trucking company that we there was, spoke yeah, about yeah. here. And uh, Tesla was right up there and lo and behold, it's right up there again. So um, we're going to go through who's buying what. We've also got some uh, questions to ask about what's happening in the markets at the moment. And then Matt's going to take us through a bit of a survey to get our vibe on where we think 2020 will lead. So let's get stuck in, Matt. How you sure. been? Yeah, good. It's uh, It's been busy, hasn't it? it yeah. Has. <laughs> Kicking it seem off. like a holiday. <laughs> yeah, we'll stake now, what, about to launch in London or England? Yeah, the UK. UK. So that's, yeah, a couple of weeks away. It's pretty exciting. That is exciting. So let's start talking what stocks have been hot. And with I think it's pretty obvious that Tesla has been one of them, Matt. I think every stock's been hot. <laughs> well, that's true. I think that's we were true. saying before you could buy peanuts and would have made a, <laughs> probably money in the market. No, the market has been on an absolute yeah, absolutely. Tear yeah, no, Tesla's a massive uh, outperform, really. I think we spoke about it last time and yeah. we were like, oh, we don't know what's going to happen. And then it, it just broke through around sort of the 280 range and literally hasn't stopped. Mm. So that's been ridiculously hot. I think in the last couple of months, it's in overnight now with reporting, it's up over 100%, which is insane. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. And we've got a breakdown here of age groups. So everyone from 18 through to 65 plus through stake, mm. the number one stock is Tesla, rightly so. I think to your point, we spoke last time about the short sellers and with the stock hitting near 650 bucks, they're <laughs> yeah, absolutely going yes. to be yes. Yes. covering their yeah. shorts. <laughs> they're definitely not hot right now. <laughs> no, Tesla, yeah, it's been honestly amazing. We ran some data for a journalist maybe a week and a half ago now and we saw that like the amount of money that had been invested and where their portfolios are at, it's, it's around 15% of our customer base owned Tesla. 
and half of those people had bought it below $250, which wow. is pretty amazing. And the amount of money made in it was close to $20 million US, and that's before tonight's report. So wow. if you see some more Teslas on the road, they're probably a state customer. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's been pretty exceptional. I haven't seen something like this for a while. Yeah, I'd be interested to know, like you've got a bit of a, a technical analysis background. And you mentioned there when it broke through at 280, so sort of a technical term. I'm assuming it would be popping up on your screens at the moment, all-time highs, et cetera. Mm-hmm. How do you sort of think about it now, given the growth that it's had? Last time we spoke, you were sort of, I'm a steer clear. Not, not in the sell way. Just, no, not no, in the sell way. Just uncertain. Yeah, nothing uncertain. was lining up. It was going sideways at the time, mm. and it broke through, as I said, at that 280 mark, and I actually told my dad to buy it. He's done well. Yeah, he's done well, but he takes the you know kudos for that, not me. <laughs> uh, so you know, it broke through a level, and I think we've spoken about it before. When you buy a share, if you invest with this strategy in mind, you want to buy stocks that actually haven't reached a level before, because there's been no known sellers at that price before. And once it went, it just as we've seen, it's just shot up. Hmm. I don't know if it's been a scramble. You know, the report came out. It seems to obviously outperformed again uh, to its report. It's just, yeah, it's just truly, I'd be very nervous being a short seller, but <laughs> maybe there are people adding more, who knows? Mm. But it, it looks like a short squeeze, but I don't know enough to, to comment any further. So I'm interested in your strategy. There hasn't been any known sellers for a long time now. <laughs> it's been a lot of clear air. Yeah. When do you start thinking about it's run too far or is that not a factor and it's just have a good stop loss and hope it keeps running? Yeah, I think that's the case. I mean, everyone's got a different strategy. Some people are believers that this is going to change the world and they're not even buying it for technical reasons. They're just massive believers in Tesla, Musk, what it's achieving, and that's fine for them. In terms of my strategy, it would just be, well, it keeps going up, so hold it until it doesn't. The problem with these things is if it moves that quickly, it can start to get ex- you know exponential like we saw with Bitcoin a few years ago. And I just yeah, I hope for state customers it's not that situation, but just always got to be aware of it. And so then for the state customers that making sure they're covering their downside, how do you think about setting a short in a case where it's just run unbelievably? You just got to be disciplined. Ultimately, you've got to have your level and say, you know, the stocks, you know, it depends on your own strategy. And you may say, I want to give back 5% of my position or 10%. I want to have a level that, you know, if it goes back through $600, I'm out. You know, I think it's trading, what, 650 now? So that's around 10%. That may be something people do. Everyone's got different risk appetite, but as long as you have a plan and stick to it, you won't get burnt. Yes, yes. That's the main thing. Have a plan and don't get burnt. That's right. Well, the biggest bulls out there for Tesla, I was reading on Twitter, who hiring on that it's eventually going to be the world's most valuable company. Now, I'm looking at their market <laughs> cap now, and it's $104 billion. So for it to be the world's most valuable company, it's got a long way to go. Close <laughs> close to, if not the most valuable car company, though. Second oh, most valuable, yeah. Yeah, yeah more yeah. than Ford and GM combined. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ford, GM, and Chrysler is $80 billion, and Tesla's over $100 billion, obviously, which go. is, like you think about what's Tesla, maybe a 10, 12-year-old company? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. What are these? Two, 2003 it started, 2008 Musk took over. Wow, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Yeah. There you go. But for it to be the world's most valuable, it's got to hit, what, almost one and a half, two trillion. Well, so my prediction yeah. could be 100 <laughs> times more. I made a bold prediction that a company would hit $2 trillion by the end of the year. Maybe it's Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> Jump on board yeah. if that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, the second most purchased stock 
on stake for the last couple of months over Christmas period was Apple. Yeah, one that people keep having questions about, but it just keeps going. Well, again, beat market expectations in results overnight or a couple of nights ago. Mm. So this for me is a company though that if the economy goes the way we kind of think it will, might suffer a little but. And with China now in a coronavirus, all things are, all things are possible. No, people have to spend more time inside. That means more time looking at their phones. That means more money spent on the app store. Maybe it's good. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Apple's exceptional as well. I mean, yeah, as I said, the market's just incredibly hot right now. And as I said, I think a lot of these stocks are just naturally moving up because the market's moving up. But I mean, Apple had I think it's got like over $300 billion worth of cash, just yeah. literally of cash. So mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing what it's achieved. And it reported yesterday, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's obviously they're delivering. All people's expectations are being met, which is yeah, good on them. So you speak, the market is hot. How are you personally thinking about the 2020 sort of sentiment at the moment? I think every time we speak, it's like a cautious approach. Yeah, I'm, I'm more cautious than I was last time now. Look, I was I was bullish. We spoke at the event yeah, that you yeah. guys hosted and I was bullish for 2020. It just played out very early in the year or it seems to have. I don't really know. I mean, you just got to be aware. Mm. Things can change pretty quick. But right now, obviously, the, the strength of the market is up. You want to be long yes until you're wrong really so yeah just when things are this when everything's moving up in a correlated way like i generally get a little bit nervous but that's just my nature to be a little bit skeptical so i'll stay skeptical the question is when do you pull the trigger on sqqq (laughs) (laughs) which is the triple leveraged short for anyone that is uh when you get long the inverse of that (laughs) when you're going long what is it the t triple yeah when you're long that i'll take the other side I'm long that. Uh, <laughs> all right, tonight. <laughs> so Apple and then no surprise. Well, actually, surprisingly, AMD comes in at third rim. Yeah, often spoke about, but not in the same sort of sphere as the big tech companies. AMD Advanced Micro Devices is a semiconductor company. Um, gets a lot of buzz online. What are you thinking about this one, Matt? Well, AMD got a, had a massive run during the Bitcoin mining, you know, the cryptocurrency craze, because it was obviously providing processes for that. So that was, yeah, it was just a really hot stock at the time. So it made a big run. It made another run now, but I think it reported below expectations. So it actually had a pullback in the last few days. Mm. Look, you just got to have to wait and see the next few days what it's done. It's obviously also quite close to its all-time highs, but I could say that probably about a thousand stocks (laughs) in the year. So it doesn't really give you much insight. But now with that report being a little bit negative and the market you know, in AMD, at least turning the other way, it's probably just a, and also just a, a close watch rather than a let's jump in and play sort of thing. So, one other company that is in the top tens for a lot of the age brackets, especially a lot of the younger age brackets, is the Chinese automaker NIO. Mm-hmm. Is this just a, um, you know, Tesla's doing well, so other electric car makers are going to do well as well? Yeah, it's a pretty common theme. This is known as the Chinese Tesla. So, you know, obviously, it's a common strategy that you just go where the money's flowing. And if people buy Tesla, they're probably going to be trading NEO in this instance. So I don't know anything about the underlying company, but the share price is moving up. It's following Tesla. It's pretty smart trade if you can get on it. Well, if you were on it. When we talk about your strategy and you know buying stocks that are going in the right direction and you see a sort of first mover in this space, so something like Tesla, do you start looking at other electric car companies and saying these are you know going to be high on my watch list because I expect a sort of a tailwind to take them as well? 
A hundred percent. As I said, I wasn't on Tesla. I was keeping a close eye and I put my future. That's keeping a close yeah. eye. Dad, you buy it. I'll see how it goes. <laughs> I've got to divide the inheritance three ways. So I've got a bit of a, a bit of a stake in there. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And I think that's a common theme. You know, when weed stocks run, they run together. You see that with the lithium stuff that happened in Australia a few years back. They just they just move together. The market is people's expectation is not of that company, it's of the space. Afterpay, so zip. Yeah, yeah, they they track each other. Mm. It's um, it's stock standard strategy for people to be like, well, this one hasn't. It's a lagger. It may not be the best business in the space, but mm. the, everything else is moving. I'm just going to jump on because it's a an easy play, and that's a very common theme for investors and short term traders. Do you know anything about NIO, Ren? I can't say I do. Mm. Maybe we should. Maybe we're missing out. Never heard of it. I haven't. Chinese electric car manufacturer. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. but you all remember, Neo's well below its one year high. It's just really started pulling up since Tesla started running. Right, so right. it just looks like a classic follow trade. Right. Yeah, like Neo's, it looks like it's well, well off its high. It's like it made like, was it, what, maybe a year ago, it was around like 10 bucks and now it's trading at 427. Right. So I wouldn't get overly excited yet, but, you know, if you bought it in the ones, you're pretty happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a lot of sustainability trades that will come out of China in the in the near future as they get very serious and become market leaders in solar panels, you know, electricity generation, electric cars, a lot of that stuff. No surprises that Microsoft comes in at number four. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Uh, For the most traded on stake over the last couple of months, I guess across all age groups there from 18 through to 65, they've been buying, I guess, you know, big blue chip tech company Mm -hmm. along the same lines of Apple and and co, but again, been running quite well. Microsoft's one of the funny ones. It's like one of the early tech darlings and it's sort of a little bit unsexy now, but you know, you saw Adobe make a massive move in the last few years when it moved to subscription. It's been on, you know, the market's up 10 years in a row now. You know, if you've put money in the US market, you've crushed it. Pretty much. I was just thinking about that. I'm interested, and I don't know if it's the way that data is pulled, but I'm I'm interested to know why ETFs don't appear in these most traded. Are you seeing customers buying more individual stocks in the US? Like if you know the S and P 500, there's a a multiple indexes out there. Is not a lot of money pouring into that. It's more individual stuff. I think there's two aspects. If you're going to buy an ETF as a passive investment, you don't necessarily need to go to the US. To that's do it, so cool. you know, ultimately you can get the same exposure in Australia. You know, that's totally fine. I think the the ETFs for people outside the US are sort of the exotic ones that you can't access. Yeah, and that's a smaller audience. Yeah. Whereas everyone goes, you know, Microsoft's reporting. I want to get involved. I, I think in. it's underpriced. I've been following it for a while. 
Whereas if you want to go buy the Spider's ETF, which is the tracks the S&P 500, you can pretty much get that exposure in yeah, Australia. Yeah. And, you know, you, do, you wouldn't have to go, you know, 77% of our customers have got Aussie brokerage accounts. They don't need to use stake to get that exposure. It's more about getting access to things you can't access. Yeah, that's fair call. On that note, in terms of exotic ETFs, one that featured in the 18 to 24-year-old's most bought list was ticker code DGAZ, <laughs> which is a three times inverse natural gas exchange-traded note. Jeez, so, so maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> let's start with the basics and can you explain to us what that is? is and then let's have a chat about that bold 18 year old i feel like they should start with a disclaimer <laughs> uh, i'm not going to be able to pronounce all of that no so you know these are exotic etfs they're not for everyone so these and especially when it's three times inverse it's already like doubly exotic so what this does is as the price of natural gas goes up this etf etn actually goes down but three times as aggressively on a daily basis. So if on one day the natural gas price goes down 1%, this ETN will go up 3%. If it if the natural gas price goes up 1%, on the next day the ETF will fall 3%. So someone's obviously, you know, there's a few people that are Yeah, what's with the gas? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's been a pretty big move though. It ran through 200 and it quickly ran to 270. So wow. Someone yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's that's the most amazing thing for me and I mean obviously I'm a bit of a U.S. stock market file, absolutely. Just it's just like Disneyland. You can just get access to these mm, sort of things you mm. just can't anywhere else. And is that what you tell your kids? The share market's like Disneyland. Uh, uh, my, my son sits in front of me and he goes, "Can I do some charts?" And like, <laughs> I just go, "Do I know if it starts bottom left and ends top right?" Like, it's not bad. Um, very simple stuff. Um, you could probably be better at me than uh, at it. Yeah, no, that's what it's about. Is you know, the, as I said, it's being able to access. You can't access this anywhere else in the world. You can't get that sort of exposure. You know, like to get a margin account to get three times leverage, it's just painful. Whereas you go to the US market, you open a brokerage account, bang, you can be trading gold, silver. Mm. You know, nickel's been running, JJN is one of the ETFs. You know, this degas to get exposed to natural gas. You want to trade wheat or corn, it's it's all there. It's, you know, you, you can be, basically be your own hedge fund in the US market. And, yeah. and that's what's so amazing about it. It is pretty much the world's market. Playground. So this DGAS uh, ETN is up fifty percent in a month. So that means what the price of natural gas has fallen rough, rough sixteen percent. It's a little bit more complicated that because it resets every day, yeah. and this may be based on a different index, but. Ultimately, the price of natural gas has obviously fallen off. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Well, well done to that lucky 18 year old. All 24 year old. Yes, true, true. Like that, that is, that or 1927. Yeah, or or uh, Santos that has signed yeah. up for an individual account, yeah. hasn't it? Or, there's probably a few of them. Maybe a whole, like, you know, people have just left university and just, you know, true. Yeah, the market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Over the holidays, who knows what they do, right? So that kind of closes out what's been hot and what's not. Uh, any I others mean, in there? That- the, yeah, all the other hot ones are everything you would expect. Amazon, yeah. Alphabet, which is Google. Uh, Beyond Meat has mm. made an appearance true, again. True. It's on its way back, yeah. it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Disney jumps in there, like, you know, all the stock standard big performers over the last few years. Yeah, and a few that have made spikes, like Aurora Cannabis, like weed made a, yeah. peaked its face out for a bit of a while and started to move back up after a pretty rough last year. Yeah, yeah Facebook, Uber, surprisingly. As I said, the market's been pretty radical, so people have been in and out of a few things. Yeah, so I think we can summarize it, though, that uh, stake users love emerging tech. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like they're loving everything right now. <laughs> so outside the US market and some of the big gains we've seen there to start the year, there's 
some other things that are going on in the world that make us ask sort of what's the story there. So we're going to have a chat about them and see if Matt can tell us what the story is. <laughs> what's the story? <laughs> what's this is a new story? segment we're introducing called <laughs> What's the Story, where we ask a question and there may not be an answer. No, no. <laughs> and then if there's not an answer, Bryce will come up with a story. <laughs> I'll plead the fifth. <laughs> so what's the story with gold, Matt? Amazing. Yeah, just, you know, normally when you see market highs, gold's dripping off, but this has been the case for like a long time now. Gold's is really, really strong. I don't know, honestly. It could be the interest rates. It could be ex- expectation that things are going to get hairy, the presidential election. I'm, this is, I could, I'll be speculating the reason. I've honestly got no idea. Coronavirus? I think it's well before that. <laughs> yeah. Unless gold knew that it was going to happen. Yeah. But, Iran leading into coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> leading into Trump impeachment. Yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying is you don't think it's acting like it traditionally has? No, I think people assume that when stuff goes south, gold goes north. Yeah. But it just hasn't been the case for mm. the correlation that's just broken down. Mm. So, mm. yeah, gold's been an amazing investment mm. for people. And as I said, you can trade it three times. I know a couple of people that have been really happy with their returns. But, you know, I think you said you own got some yeah, gold. Yeah. Yep. We're both in gold. Yeah. yeah. One of our live shows, I don't think it was the one you were at. I think it was the one in Melbourne. The panel were all like, no, wouldn't be in gold. Yeah. Well, yeah. shows them. <laughs> I think I think people they look at it probably as a physical commodity, but ultimately it's just a price of an asset, like mm. a company. And if the price is moving the direction you want, then it's doing what you need to do. Ultimately, you're there to invest in it to make money. And if the price goes from one to two, you've made money. Mm. So it doesn't really matter what the ticker is, what the name of it is. If it goes up. Well done to you. Honestly, these days it doesn't matter what the ticker is. Everything goes up. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Not everything goes up because what you're about to ask what the story is, is something that hasn't gone up. <laughs> Interest rates. <laughs> True. <laughs> One of the advantages I like uh, having my money sitting in stake is that I've got US dollars exposure. Mm. So, Matt, what's the story with the Aussie dollar? Oof. <laughs> down, down, down. <laughs> you need to ask an academic or an economist. I, I don't know. It's just, um, yeah, just... It went up to in the early 70s, if you were, and they just got hammered. Yeah, it's just been on a drip pretty much since mm. it was at 105, mm. maybe seven years ago when I go back from the States, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> I often think about that time, if we had just loaded up, if steak had been around then yeah. and we had just put it all in. Yeah, no, it was at, um, I remember reading it, it was going to 150, you know, when it was yeah, at 105, that, yeah. it's like that, it's, you know, it's the end then. Yeah. So when someone says it's going to 40, it's probably going back the right, other way. Yeah. So I don't know. It's um, All right, well, let's get it out. It's going to 40, it's going to 40, it's going to 40. <laughs> so this is a situation where being unhedged would be advantageous for a portfolio and that means that you are exposed to currency fluctuations but in a time like this where the Aussie dollar keeps weakening against the the US dollar if you're exposed to companies that make profit in in the US or stocks themselves are in US dollars then the value of your your asset or return is likely to increase just by nature of the weakness of the Australian dollar. So something to consider when you are, I guess, buying stocks or have the option to hedge and not hedge, if you can come up with a thesis as to what you think the dollar is likely to do. And of course, we've spoken about the interplay between interest rates and broader economy with that sort of stuff. And this is a a good opportunity Mm. to, I guess, take advantage of that. So that's why I said, you know, sit, even just sitting cash in a, your stake account doesn't even have to be invested. It's in US dollars. Mm. I don't think Matt would appreciate people just sitting cash in the account. He wanted <laughs> invested, but um, <laughs> honestly, I, I, you know, I hold USD. I've always held it. It's just as just a 
a bit of a hedge anyway. Yeah, you want to hold yeah. a currency, whether it's pound. If you you know if you go work, you go travel overseas. Like people, you, know, you can buy get a Aussie dollar, you know, bank that will allow you to hold multi multi currencies. Mm-hmm. It, you just got to make sure you're uh, you know why you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Just get one of those ComBank travel cards and just load up. <laughs> and pay a ridiculous FX fee to get it in and out. Any other what's the stories from you, Ren? Not off the top of my head. We'll have to uh, prepare some more for Matt next time. Yeah, nice. So I'm um, really excited to bring that format back. <laughs> so we'll close out, Matt. We've done some bold predictions at the start of the year. We've had a, a couple of guests also share some of theirs. And you, you mentioned that you sent out a bit of a survey to your state listeners to just to get their vibe on a few different things and I guess what they're thinking about 2020. So what we thought we'd do would be for you to read us some of the questions that you've sent out and then we might have a chat about them, get your opinion and maybe make a few bets. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So, yeah, we ran a survey in December right when the year closed out. number of things, you know, What's going to happen next year? What yeah. stocks would you buy, sell, short? What's going to happen in certain situations? So, well, yeah, I'll just I'll ping them at you, and yeah, we, yeah, can, yeah. we can check them. I'll start from the top. How do you think the S and P five hundred will perform next year? And the options were relatively flat, up but less than ten percent, down but less than ten percent, a crash is coming, or up ten percent plus. I couldn't remember all of the those <laughs> answers, but I'm saying down, down on from where we are now, and. More than ten percent. Uh yeah, more than 10%. more than ten percent. <laughs> yeah, wow. I, I'm gonna. I'll, wow. I'll say thirty-one December twenty twenty will be down, but not more than ten percent. Cool. Well, yeah. that was actually the least popular answer. Which, most, which one? Down less than ten percent. More people thought a crash was coming. Ah, uh, pessimists. A yeah. lot of them. <laughs> but, but the most people thought that. Thirty-seven and a half percent thought it'll be up, but less than ten percent. So it's interesting. A, yeah, it's. Um, what was your answer? I thought it'd be relatively flat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm I'm wrong so far. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all are. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, it could be up thirty percent in the first six months, down thirty percent, and mm. you know, and relatively flat. Yeah, that would be quite a ride. <laughs> <laughs> With that in mind, uh, the next question was, what poses the biggest risk to markets in 2020? And we had a number of options. You guys can throw yours if you want, and yeah. I can tell you coronavirus. What <laughs> <laughs> That's knowing the answer. <laughs> No, so some of the, the options were um, Brexit chaos, uh, negative interest rates, tariffs, you know, the tariff war between yep. China and the US, irrational exuberance, or people's own investing, i.e. would their own investing disturb their returns more than the market? Oh, that's not bad. Of those answers, it would have to be irrational exuberance for me. I think Brexit will probably have a positive impact psychologically. Um, and in terms of tariffs, well, they're already priced in, I think, and what can't remember what the other response was, but irrational exuberance, given the fact that we're getting downgrades if a revenue you know outlook in terms of company forecasts aren't great, but share prices are going nuts, so it doesn't really make a lot of sense. I'm going to say the Fed. I know it wasn't on there, but that's the only thing that seems to stop this market when they raise interest rates or when they stop doing QE. Not bad. That was 2018. Otherwise, it was full steam ahead. Yeah. Well, 27.5% thought irrational exuberance, which I think is sort of playing out early in the year. 24.5% thought tariffs were negative rates and then their own investing was the. But, you know, I look at the Fed and irrational exuberance as one and the same thing. They're they're probably (laughs) 
helping that along. Mm. I just feel like tariffs are going to be a non-story this year because yeah. Trump wants the political win of his deal in inverted commas. Yeah. I, I, I don't see it being a, a big impediment this year. No. I don't see a big escalation coming this year. No, it's election year, so yeah, yeah, exactly. it's got to be resolved. Yeah, right? yeah. Cool. And the next question, will the US market outperform the Aussie market? Yes. Interesting. So you think the market will fall, the US market will fall more than 10%, but you also think it will outperform the Aussie. This could be completely contradictory you, yeah. compared to my bold predictions. Are you going to 100% gold? Uh, no. Uh, will it outperform? Uh, yes, is my answer. You sound very tortured there. Yeah, I think economically will perform worse than the US. I think that'll have flow on effects. I think if people haven't listened to our episode with Andrew Brown, they should listen to that because after that, you can't help but be pessimistic about Australia. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I'm going to say yes as well. 69.5% thought yes, 16% thought even Stevens, and the rest thought that it wouldn't outperform. The way I see it is it depends on the overall market. I think actually if you see a correction, you'll probably see Australia outperform just because of the weightings of the big stocks. Yeah. And like they haven't really had the same run. Like the banks have got and the miners got such a big weighting in Australia, they're not going to be as impacted by a global shakeout. Whereas the tech stocks have been rallying, as I said, for so long, there's a lot of air underneath them if they fall Gone. out. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it all really depends on how the market goes. If we're flat, it'll probably this outcome makes sense. All right. Now, this is this one's actually run its race, I think. This is the Tesla battle. <laughs> Who's going to win between Elon and the shorts? Well, in Elon's mind, he's always winning. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this stage, it's very clear that the, uh, the longs have won, but there's still a lot of shorts out there. Um, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to back still- the underdog. I love an underdog story. <laughs> Tesla to zero by 31 December. <laughs> you're nearly taking, like, you're going against the team that's up by eight goals with three, three minutes remaining in the grand final. <laughs> I'm always the optimist. Yeah. yeah, 77% thought that Elon would be right, and they've obviously been correct so far, but yeah. they've got 11 months left, so mm. who knows? I feel like even if Tesla falls from where it is, which isn't unlikely, it's so established now. Like it has consistent sales. It's got going to have gigafactories across three continents. It might not be profitable, but going, you know, being a fraud, going to zero, all that stuff seems out of the question at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. I, as I said, I just don't know. I know what the share price is doing. <laughs> um, talking about the election before the race to the Oval Office. So we assumed in our question that Bloomberg or some other Democrat, which was would be the case, will go up against Trump. Who's going to win it? I think Trump will be re-elected. Oh, so do I, yeah. yeah unfortunately. Our- I'm surprised you said Bloomberg. Is that is that what you hope? He just No, no, that's what like when the survey went out in he December. He was buzzing at the time. Yeah, and look, he's got – I think he's putting a billion dollars behind the camera. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Well, he's got yeah. like 50 to spare. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, billions is like pocket change. Yeah. <laughs> 53% of our users thought Bloomberg or another Democrat would actually win. Really? Yeah. Cross, that's the case. And this is not a political. (laughs) (laughs) Although if Donald Trump wants to come on and defend himself, (laughs) more than welcome. And the last two questions, large cap or small cap investors will be happier at the end of the year? Small. Large. Really? Yeah. Put a beer on it? Done. Done. Well, I think think one of my my 2020s was that large caps will outperform small. Potentially. There you go. Yeah, I just uh, think gut feel. (laughs) What do you think, Matt? As I said, it all depends on the market. If we look- this, this is with a pessimistic view for me, yeah. which is oh, why Mark. I said it. How, how can you say that large caps will outperform small, but also that the market will fall 
more than ten percent. Well, that's because actually to, that's small caps to, have got a bigger like with the market goes, they'll go quicker. Yeah, there's okay. a lot of liquidity in them. The large caps will hold because it's like a bit of a flight to safety. Yeah, yeah, okay. It depends on how large it's become. You can see you know? Google hanging on more than Afterpay. True, different markets, yeah. but yeah. that's the kind it's of more yeah, entrenched. Yeah. It's got more cash behind it. It's more structured. It's just you know people will go, okay, I've got to invest somewhere. Am I going to invest in a large cap or a small cap. Yeah. It all depends on the market dynamics. So, yeah, I don't really have an opinion, to be honest, but, our, you know, it was that was very close as well. Our our users had 53% saying large cap, 47 saying small. Nice. And the last one is, to- actually, there's two more, sorry, totally unrelated to the market is who's going to win the Battle of LA, the Clippers or the Lakers? Lakers. What's the Battle of LA? The Basketball. basketball. Oh, the game. Yeah. <laughs> you know the sport where they bounce a ball and throw it in a hoop? <laughs> Clippers or the Lakers? Yeah. Lakers. Yeah. With you, you just look like them. You look like your answer. You don't even know who the Clippers <laughs> are. <laughs> Couldn't picture their jersey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's white and red. They're the second team in LA. Yeah, our fans or the Lakers fans are you know, going to be happy according to our investors. So the last question is the ETF bubble. Oh, yeah. Who's going to win this one? The ETF diehards or Dr. Michael Burry? It's got to be the ETF diehards, but I'm sure we'll see something in the in the ETF sphere that we haven't seen before. Mm. I'm not saying this year, but something's got something's got to happen. That's a tough one. Yeah. I think they're both right. I think ETFs are here to stay, but Michael Burry was also right that there's no price discovery mechanism if you're just buying the index. Mm. So is that Which a has danger? Is that a weak answer if I say there's yes. a little bit to both? That's single offensive <laughs> ever I've seen. <laughs> I don't think the ETF bubble will pop. Like ETFs may fall in price because the market falls. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I don't see like massive outflows going back to individual stock picking or going back to active management mm-hmm. or people just allocating more to their super or something because they don't want to invest in ETFs. Mm-hmm. I think they're an entrenched and structural part of the market now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so our users had 70% or 68% supporting the ETFs and 32 going with uh, going the other way. But next time I com- come on, remind me to tell you about what the ETFs do in the Japanese market. There's okay. a, I don't want to give too much away, but it, it actually doesn't even create chaos in the ETF. It creates chaos in the futures market because they have to hedge to create the position, and it's absolutely fascinating. Great cliffhanger to leave the yeah, episode yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess without uh, without further ado, then we'll uh, leave it there, Matt. Thanks for coming on for the first episode of 2020. Uh, much appreciate your time and uh, looking forward to seeing how this all pans out. It could be a very interesting year for what's hot, what's not over in the States. Maybe Tesla will be at 1200 bucks the next time we speak. <laughs> Maybe it'll be 200 <laughs> Wild ride ahead. But uh, thanks for your time. We'll um, catch up in a, a month or two. No, Cheers. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to Equity Mates Investing Podcast, a production of Equity Mates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Equity Mates Investing Podcast is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances, or goals. The host of Equity Mates Investing Podcast may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. 